Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. In this podcast, we take a reading from Scripture each day. We look at the background material to that passage and also application for us. Once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from 1 Samuel chapter 25, verses 32 through 43. This is the end of a really interesting story. If you remember, we met a guy by the name of Nabal yesterday. And Nabal was, quite frankly, a fool. That's what Scripture tells us, a very foolish fellow, a guy who treated people terribly, did not know how to act himself. But Nabal had a beautiful wife who was wise, much wiser than Nabal. And in some sense, she's David's match in this story, or even better than David in a lot of ways. We see a turning point in David. This story is really not about Nabal. It's really not about Abigail in a lot of ways. It's about David and what kind of king David will be. So there's a type of a testing here going on for David. As with anyone, all of us, we go through these tests and trials, and through these tests and trials, we find out what kind of person we're going to be. We're being shaped and molded into the person that God wants us to be. You've heard the old expression, you can become better or bitter. And in this sense, David could have been a hardened killer. He could have been like Saul in so many ways. He had a choice to make. So David was highly offended at Nabal, the way Nabal treated his request for food. And David's response is, I'm going to kill all the males. We're going to go in and not one male will be left in the household of Laban by the next day. Now, if you like interesting scripture study and you like to dig deep, actually, when it talks about killing every male in this story, this is found in verse 22 of of this chapter, uh, in the Hebrew, it doesn't say uh, male. It actually talks about one who, and I'm not trying to be crass here, but one who goes to the bathroom standing up, uh, specifically against the wall. Uh, and so you lose a little flavor in these translations, but there is an interesting connection here. And the reason I bring that up is not to be silly, but if you remember in the last chapter, Saul was, uh, in a sense, using the bathroom when David cut the corner off of his garment And later, you're going to see where Nabal, all the wine had left his body. That doesn't mean that he sobered up. Uh, That's talking about something else. And so there's this connection here that some scholars look at that kind of tie these stories together. So you may want to chase that rabbit if you like to to do deeper uh, Bible study. There is a connection there uh, between those expressions with, with Saul and these men that David talks about in 1 Samuel 25 and also enable himself later in the story. Anyway, I always like to throw those little tidbits in for people that like to think a little bit deeper into the text. But this story is riveting for for so many different ways. First of all, we see Abigail. Abigail is so wise. Uh, Abigail is shrewd. And she really has courage. And I want to just stop before we do our reading and think about the role of women in our lives. Of course, I'm not a woman, (laughs) But I'm married to a very good woman, and I have three daughters. And so this subject is near and dear to my heart. And if you read Scripture, and you read it for what it's trying to say, one thing Scripture is trying to tell us is that women glorify men. Uh, They bring glory into the family, and they bring glory into the church. Now, there's some discussion about the very word for woman in the book of Genesis. It's ishah. The word for man is ish. So the word isha may come from the word fire. So women bring this glory fire into the life of the man. And in Abigail, we get a really good picture 
of what a good woman looks like. She's not some uh, second-hand character to be thrown off to the side, but she's courageous and has virtue and demands the best from men. And that's what women do to the lives of men. You've probably seen it happen before where a really rough man is reformed by a good woman. It happens all the time. And so this idea of women bringing glory and dignity and beauty into the world is something that we should champion in a world that's becoming more and more brutal in a world where women are being exploited right and left. I just read an article recently where it talked about women jogging were harassed. I think 43% of women who jog regularly are harassed by men. And it shouldn't be so. You know, scripture talks about women bringing glory to this world, and they should be loved and appreciated. And, and men tend to act horribly at times. We just really do. So I just wanted to bring that out. Being the father of, of daughters, um, I think is really important. And this Abigail character brings to life this wisdom and beauty and glory that she brings to this story because David, like I said, could have made a turn for the worse. Let's read our passage now, and this is David speaking to Abigail. If you remember, Abigail has challenged David in respect. Uh, you see the character of Abigail compared to the character of her husband. If you go back to verse 11, Nabal says, Shall I take my bread and my water and my meat and my this and my that? And it's all about Nabal, my, 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 being very selfish and childish like a little baby. And then in verse 24, Abigail comes before David and she says, my, but she says, on me alone, my Lord, be the guilt. The only my that Abigail uses in that passage is, let this fall upon me. I'll take the heat for this, David. Don't deal terribly with my husband. So Nabal does not deserve his wife, Abigail, at all. She's a very good woman. And he is a very nasty guy. So let's go and look. This is verse 32 where David starts to respond to Abigail. And David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord and the God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. Blessed be your discretion and blessed be you have kept me this day from blood guilt and from working salvation with my own hand. For surely as the Lord the God of Israel lives who has restrained me from hurting you unless you had hurried and come to meet me truly by the morning there had not been left in Abel so much as one male. Then David received from her hand what she had brought him. And he said to her, Go up in peace to your house. See, I have obeyed your voice and have granted your petition. And Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he was holding a feast in his house, like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. So, he, so she told him nothing at all until the morning light. In the morning, when the wine had gone out of Nabal, his wife told him these things, and his heart died within him, and he became as a stone. And about ten days later, the Lord struck Nabal, and he died. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord, who has avenged the insult I received at the hand of Nabal, and has kept back his servant from wrongdoing. The Lord has returned the evil of Nabal on his own head. Then David sent and spoke to Abigail to take her as his wife. When the servants of David came to Abigail at Carmel, they said to her, David has sent us to take you to him to his wife. And she rose and bowed her face to the ground and said, Behold, your handmaid is the servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. And Abigail hurried and rose and mounted a donkey, and her five young women attended her. She followed the messengers of David and became his wife. David also took Ahinoam to Jezreel, and both of them became his wives. Saul had given Michael his daughter David's wife to Palti, the son of Laash, who was of Galam. 
So much to be said about this. Like I said, David had a choice to make here. And I want you to think about, what if David had killed Saul in chapter 24 when he had the chance? What if David had killed Nabal in this story? David would have turned into another Saul. Israel would have gotten another Saul on the throne of Israel. David would have turned into a Middle Eastern warlord, kind of like Esau in so many ways. But David is going to be different. So we see good things in the character of David, and it took a good woman to help bring that out. It took good counsel, and I think that's true for all of us. We need good counsel. Without good counsel, if we think we can just do this thing solo and live our lives like we want to live them before the Lord and do it by ourselves without faithful advisors, without people that will come into your life and tell you, hey, that's really a bad idea, we are very foolish. Because without Abigail, David would have gone in and totally wiped out the household of Nabal. We're told David would have been guilty of blood guilt. And that's a big deal. If you read the book of Deuteronomy, blood guilt is not a good thing at all. So David would have had blood guilt upon him as he goes into as to be the king of Israel. So this is a really important point to realize. David's restraint and David is learning a lesson that God will avenge. He does not have to do that. When it comes to personal relationships... I'm not talking about the judicial system. I'm talking about personal relationships. God will avenge. God is the one that we turn things over to and let him deal with it. So interesting things here. Now, one thing I do want to bring out here is that David's weakness of character shows up here. You might notice it in the word take. Even though David shows great restraint in other things, David does not show great restraint when it comes to women. And he learns to exploit and take. Uh, He does this to these women. And in the ancient world, this would have been very easy because women did not have the rights that they have today. Uh, So many times if a woman, if her husband died, if if she doesn't have a kinsman redeemer, another person to come along and and take her into his household, she is at risk. Uh, We think of the story of Ruth and Boaz and that story where Boaz ends up being the kinsman redeemer of Ruth. Women who did not have a husband to to take them in after their husband died lived in really great risk of poverty and being exploited by other men. So a very different culture. I will say in some ways we're going back to that culture actually. Uh, In a lot of ways the, the sexual revolution has brought a brand new patriarchy into this world, which is probably for another day for another discussion. But you've got this thing about David where he just takes what he wants. He takes this woman to be his wife. He takes more wives. And then eventually he takes Bathsheba. So he's developing this bad habit. And we know by the time he takes the throne, he has six different children by six different wives. So polygamy will plague David's kingdom. We're going to see within his family horrible behavior sexually. Their father's not been a really good example. We'll see when Solomon takes the throne, he'll have over a thousand wives and concubines, and they're going to lead his heart astray. It's going to end up being his downfall. So David has a character flaw here, and it's already manifesting itself right now. We know that if you go back, and some people that study the book of Genesis that are experts on Genesis believe that one of the things that led to the great flood was polygamy that polygamy led to some of the great evils that we saw in the world as sin started to increase. You had uh, polygamy uh, on the increase there in the Genesis record. 
Uh, I know there's some people that, that may disagree with that, but there are good scholars that think that's part of the problem going on in Genesis. But this is a bad idea by David. But so for our reading, we see a lot in this chapter. And it's been a, it's been a really interesting chapter, actually. It's been good to go back and, and study this again myself. But you've got Abigail, who is just a great example. You've got David, who's being molded and shaped into the man God needs him to be. And he's got to make some big decisions here. And he listens to wise counsel. And he, he's not guilty of blood guilt. He could have made a really bad turn for the worse. And so as we look at this story, there's much we can glean from this. We can see the, the role, the, the importance of good, wise women that bring glory and majesty into our lives and to be thankful for them and how we treat them matters. And David, who turned over vengeance to God, did not try to do it himself. And that helps us so much in our own interpersonal relationships in a lot of ways. Well, I'm thankful for you tuning in and listening today. I know I shared with you some some different points and some odd things today a little bit, but hope that didn't throw you off too much. But I really appreciate our listeners and you encourage me so much. And be back tomorrow with Philip as we look at the next chapter. I am sure next time we're talking about chapter 26. I'm sure about that. But I hope you have a great day and we'll see you back tomorrow.